Hello, and thank you so much for tuning on into Living with Endo, the A to Z of endometriosis. A podcast made in conjunction with the amazing crew at Endometriosis Australia, who I am an ambassador for. My name is Ellie Angel Mobs, and I'm absolutely loving the episodes at the moment because we're chatting to you, endo warriors across Australia. If you would like to share your endo journey, it is quite the journey. You can get in contact with us via endometriosisaustralia.org. But the focus of this episode is around our regional endo warriors. We heard from Molly, who lives in regional Victoria, and she has got an amazing story to share with you. Hello, endo warrior Molly Driscoll. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you, Ali. How are you? Very well. Whereabouts in Australia are you? I'm in regional Victoria in a town called Castlemaine. Castlemaine. Now that is, was that famous because of the Eureka Stockade or the Gold Rush, I think? Yes, I'm right in the Gold Rush um, area, so it it is called the Goldfields, so just between Bendigo and Ballarat. Beautiful part of the world. There's lots of day spas and stuff there. There is. I own one, in fact, in Dalesford. Stop. Oh, my gosh. I do. (laughs) I tell you what, all Endo Warriors need to go to Dalesford and just go and zen out. You should do like a special Endo Warrior treatment. That'd be nice. Absolutely. I would love that. (laughs) So, Molly, you got in contact with the team here at Endo Australia wanting to share your incredible story. And it's something that uh, I live in a capital city and have my entire life. We really want to touch on the regional endo warriors and the different life that you guys have to live because in a cap city, we've got a lot more accessibility when it comes to doctors and specialists and going to a hospital. But in a place uh, like in Castlemaine, you don't have that, you know, the, the luxury, so to speak, I guess. So we're going to be talking all about that. Brilliant. Yeah. So in regional Victoria, I guess to even get into the see the GP, it will take around two months. Really? Wow. Yeah. Honestly. So if you've had an endo flare up and you're feeling really unwell and you want to go to see your GP, generally you're feeling a little bit better in two months time. <laughs> so if you are feeling really bad, then you will have to go to emergencies, basically what you're saying, if there's yeah. a hospital near you. Yeah, exactly. And in emergency, as I've heard um, through lots of other endo warriors stories, mm. obviously you don't get treated the best in emergency. And um, they'll pretty much just give you painkillers and then send you home because th- there's nothing else really that they can do. So let's rewind back to the very first time you were introduced to endometriosis. Um, you have been diagnosed with stage four and you yes. were told that you couldn't have kids and mm-hmm. that the pain was all in your head. So let's rewind back to young days of Molly. Did you have painful periods and other odd symptoms? Oh, absolutely. I think I started my period when I was 13 years old. And um, I was quite lucky because my mum, my grandma, and my aunties and all my female cousins all have endo. So I was already quite aware of it. But when I got to uh, about, I think I was early 20s, um, they really increased. My periods became 10 days long, really heavy. um, And I'd often get it two times a month. Um, I ended up going on every kind of pill, um, as you do. And eventually I settled on the Mirena. And unfortunately, it actually got um, stuck inside my cervix. And so I went to get it taken out via a lap. 
oh. and uh, they found stage four endo. And at um, that stage, had you ever heard of endometriosis? Yeah, so I had heard of it because my mum and my grandma and all my cousins had had it. Um, but I wasn't really, I guess when you get diagnosed with it, it kind of hits you in the face. Like, oh, wow, I actually have this this thing. Mm. And I started researching about it and um, I became really passionate on the subject about it. But in my very first lap back, I think it was in 2017, he opened me up and he told me that I had multiple fibroids, um, severe endometriosis, and that the fibroids would be cancerous and that I wouldn't be able to conceive. Mm. And so me being like a young 20-year-old, mm. being hit with that, you know, obviously I freaked out. And then um, a few months later, my endo came back and I went to see um, a different specialist. And he, he opened me up and said, wow, this, this gynecologist has actually butchered you. Oh, and gosh. he told me that the fibroids weren't cancerous. Mm. Um, but then I've been with the same um, specialist now, Dr. Michael Bardsley, for oh, about five or six years now. Mm. I suppose when you were first going through this process, endometriosis, there wasn't as much education around for some specialists and that we're hearing mm. these, these, these stories now. Um, it's really important that you go and find the right kind of specialist when it comes to the endometriosis surgery. That first doctor who uh, in uh, described uh, butchered you and said to you, you'll never had children. When you walk away from an appointment like that, how did you feel? I felt completely broken because my whole life I've always wanted to become a mum and being told it that young, obviously I didn't want children straight away, but be, to be told that that was taken away from me and that I potentially had these cancerous tumours inside me, um, it was heartbreaking and it, it was absolutely terrifying. And I remember sitting down with my mum and just crying. And my mum said, no, we're not going to take that. Um, we're going to get a second opinion. And we went all the way over to Ballarat and um, I found Dr. Michael Bardsley and he absolutely just changed my life, really changed it. Sounds like an absolute godsend for you. And oh, absolutely. You know, <laughs> th th things have been looking on the up uh, ever since you met Michael, you've gone on, yes. you've had a couple more surgeries or was that it for the surgeries? No, I've had two other surgeries and I was about to start IVF and I actually was able to conceive my son naturally. Wow. Um, he's nine months old now and I'm just about to go back. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just about to go back and see Dr. Michael and um, I probably will need another surgery. That just brings so much hope to women who are going through this and they do get told that news that, oh, you'll never fall pregnant uh, or you're going to have to do IVF. Yeah. You know, th these things can happen. And even though you hear one thing that it still can happen for you. Oh, absolutely. I always think that if you don't get the answer that you want the first time, you just have to try again because someone out there can help. How did you feel being pregnant? Because often some uh, some uh, people say, oh, yeah, you feel fine when you're pregnant. I remember when uh, I first got the, you know, the diagnosis and it was, well, you should fall pregnant because that will get rid of the pain. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorites oh, I've been told. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> did that happen for you? Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah. Uh, I was told to get pregnant and a baby would cure the endo. And I was also told that it was in my head and it's a mental illness mm. and to choose happiness and I'll be okay. Okay. When they said that to you, did you want to slack them? I'm sorry, I, I'm not into any <laughs> sort of violence, but wow, I would be so angry. 
Oh, I was furious. I have been told some pretty ridiculous things. And honestly, I think it just comes down to, unfortunately, in regional Vic, yeah. um, we get sent a lot of doctors that just aren't quite up to date with endo practices. And a lot of the time they'll just prescribe you, you know, the pill or another form of medication, which is predominantly just a band-aid and they won't actually get to the bottom of it and you really have to fight to see a, spe- a specialist. How many people live in where you are in uh, in Castlemaine? Um, well, I don't know off the top of my head, but I would suggest, I would think it would be around maybe 20, no, 15,000 maybe. How many maybe. doctors do you reckon there would be for uh, that many people? Uh, there's not many. Uh, yeah, like to get into the doctor, I booked in actually yesterday to go in um i have an appointment on the 4th of may is the next available appointment. oh my gosh okay so end of march that's geez that's a long wait yeah 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 the capital cities well you can just call around and hopefully you'll be able to to get an appointment and, and see someone in person yeah but- that's the dream <laughs> wow and there are some towns as well where there will be only one doctor or they mm. will actually fly in doctors just at, ted, at said times and then people in those towns will make the appointments to see the doctors. So you're not oh, going to – that just blows my mind as well. Yeah, well, even to see a specialist, um, you have to go to one of the bigger towns like Bendigo or Ballarat because there aren't – I don't even think there's a gynecologist in Castlemaine. I could be wrong, mm. but I'm fairly sure there's not. So then not only do you have the financial cost of going and seeing someone like a specialist, but you also have to take into account fuel, whether or not you might need accommodation. Say if you need to go down to Melbourne or to Sydney or somewhere, you might need to stay there for a couple of days. That thing takes you out of pocket as well. Absolutely. It is expensive being an endo warrior. (laughs) Do you have a good group of people in your community who understand what you're going through? Uh, Yeah, I've got a really close-knit family that are really supportive. And I have a few employees who have endo as well, and we really stick together. Um, yeah, I have a close a close knit group of family and friends, and they're all very very supportive towards me. You're really lucky, Molly, being in a family where your mum had endo, your grandma, your aunties as well. I was in a similar scenario where mum had it, and both of well, all my aunties did too. So we had that knowledge. We understood what we're looking out for in all of the females in our family. But then there are some families that just have absolutely no idea. And then all of a sudden you're throwing this curveball of here's endometriosis and this is what you're dealing with. Oh, I I know. And I I feel for those that that don't have that um, prior family history because, yeah, it must be so scary just to find out and not know anything about it. You mentioned that you work with some endo warriors and uh, you are the boss for them and you, I, would, I could already tell that you'd be an absolutely amazing boss. <laughs> Thank you. Did, did they come to you and say, hey, look, Molly, this is what I'm going through? How did that conversation go about? I was able to figure it out because a lot of them had the similar symptoms to me and they would be running outside the treatment room, heaving over in pain. Um, So I actually created this little um, endo program at my work where we have a whole section downstairs in the staff room where uh, we have Nurofen, Panadol, we have heat bags, uh, we have a nice comfy couch to put your feet up if you're feeling really, really crap. Um, And whenever they have a really bad flare-up, I'm always really happy for them to take time off because there's nothing worse than 
having to try and pretend that you're feeling really great and and treat clients when you're just feeling really, really, really shit. Okay, that needs to be a general pack practice in all workplaces <laughs> that there's, you know, the endo room or just the, the timeout room and you've got yeah. those supplies. Instead of going into a workplace where you put on a brave face, you don't mention to anyone what's going on because, you know, as soon as you say something, oh, well, it's going to become a big deal or you've got male bosses and they just don't understand. Oh, absolutely. And that's the beauty of being a female boss. And predominantly, obviously, I'm in the beauty therapy industry, where it is predominantly females. So that is the that is the best having this kind of sisterhood bond. And especially having girls that are going through the same thing at the same time as me in real time. It's just amazing um, how we can just support each other and get through it. And we all have good days and bad days. I mean, there's been plenty of days when I've called in the I've called the girls and said, I can't come in today. I'm not feeling too well either. Everyone's just understanding. That would be such a great thing to know that you have got that support and that you're not yeah. going to be you're left, you know, keeled over and they're, oh, you know, staying at home, calling in sick with the anxiety of, am I going to get fired? Because I've had those days. That's not on my watch. <laughs> All right, Molly for boss everywhere, guys. <laughs> the role model boss. So where are you at now? You're looking at going back to see your specialist and potentially have another surgery post having a bub who's now nine months old or are you thinking, no, no more surgeries? Where are you at in your endo journey? I think I will probably need another surgery because I'm starting to feel quite sick again. Yeah. Um, I had a, quite a complicated pregnancy, uh, which I didn't think would happen, but my fibroids grew and I was very uncomfortable throughout the pregnancy. Mm. And as soon as um, my son was out, I was like, oh, yes, not pregnant anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I will definitely need another surgery. And then if I can, I would love to try and have another baby. But I'm also so grateful for just having my son at the moment. You like, must look at that. him with so much pure joy and love and realize no, I'm so lucky. <laughs> He's the best thing in the world. <laughs> How long have you and your partner been together? Uh, we've been together for around eight years now. And uh, when you very first started dating, when did you, you know, drop the old endo bomb in that relationship? <laughs> well, I didn't know back then eight years ago that I had it. I suspected, but um, he was very understanding. He is amazing. Um, every single time I have a flare up, he will buy me two Cadbury's chocolate blocks and then do my heat bag for me and then put on, you know, married at first sight or something. He's amazing. What an amazing partner to have. That's exactly what you need. That is, it is so important to have a partner who is understanding and nurturing and just, you're feeling like crap. They either know what you want or they'll come to you and say, all right, what do you need from me? Absolutely. He's the best. And the amount of times... He's had to take time off work to look after me or drive me to an appointment if I'm not feeling great. Like he's he's honestly just goes on over and beyond and what I could ever ask for a husband. He's amazing. Do his mates know what's going on? Because I find that interesting, the male conversation that might happen. I know my husband will go and talk to his mates and they're aware as to what's going on with me. Do you know if the, he has those conversations? Yeah, he does. I'm quite lucky because some of his friends their partners have it as well. Mm. So again, I have that little community, but um, yeah, he gets to express it with my dad a lot because my dad obviously went through it with my mum. Yeah, of course. Um, 
so yeah, he he has a lot of people to talk to, which is really good. It's blown my mind to think that in a small town where you are based in Victoria, there's so many people who are going through endometriosis. I know, it's crazy. Honestly, I know so many people with it and I just can't for the life of me understand why it's not on the front of, you know, every newspaper, why there is why it isn't spoken about more. It's still it's just crazy to me. Times are changing and it's great that people are changing the stigma around women's health and I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the way that we were taught about periods growing up, you know, that you keep that to yourself. Yeah, you didn't talk absolutely. about to that anyone else. They don't need to know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad those times are going because, yeah, even when I was at school, that would happen. I would always go to the nurse's office and go through like a packet of fresh undies because I'd gone through my my bike shorts and my dress and mm. my, my own underpants. Mm. It's It's crazy that it's come this far and and now they're talking about it. People are talking about it. And my 15-year-old cousin was just diagnosed with it and that's amazing. Well, at least they're going to get an understanding early as well. Yeah, absolutely. She can watch all of us, what we've all gone through. Mm -hmm. And she's just, I just think it's amazing that, that, yeah, that she's 15 years old and she's been diagnosed with it and She's on the path to, well, hopefully recovery. And also in regional areas too, there might not be the money um, when it comes to, to buying the sanitary items needed. And I know we spoke to Rochelle from Share the Dignity. And in a lot of those smaller country towns, you know, there are girls going to school and the schools aren't providing the sanitary napkins or tampons because they just don't have the funding. So it's those small little things in those small areas which – in the big city, we probably take for granted. We really need to see these changes being implemented. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like even at my work, we have um, sanitary items available for the girls. I, I can't understand the ones where you have to pay for them. I remember at school, um, we had to pay for Panadol and for tissues and for, um, well, pads. That's just ludicrous to think now. Go and yeah. pitch in a dollar. Like, really? I know. <laughs> I know. I'm so glad that you're feeling okay at the moment. Hopefully things will be all right or will, you know, for every single day as an endo warrior, you just don't know what's going to happen because you could have a good day, but the next day you could have a flare up. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ali. And I saw your post the other day. I'm sad that you had a flare up. We had a flare up at the same time. Ah, twins. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it just hits you like a ton of bricks, doesn't it? And I've never filmed me going through one of those episodes and I did uh, put it up online and I'm really sorry. There was a lot of swearing, but that's exactly how I felt and described oh, I- in great detail that it felt like someone was grating my cervix and I was being stabbed in my ovaries and that's pretty normal for me. I'll get it every couple of days. Some days are worse than, other- worse than others. And I was blown away by people going, oh, oh my God, I didn't realise that's kind of what exactly happened so you know because people think we look fine on the outside and you go no things aren't okay (laughs) yeah no and then you start to question whether you're insane or not but obviously you're not and I remember my uh my OB um slash specialist Dr Michael he said to me that if endometriosis was a man's problem it would be fixed by now the amount of times I've heard that as well sad but true yeah. If this yeah, was a bloke's absolutely. disease, it would have been fixed. There would have been a magic, there would be a pill and we'd be all okay. Absolutely. 
So you've gone through this incredible journey living with Endo in regional Victoria. Molly, what would be your big message for the Endo Warriors in those smaller communities? What's been your your key things to going through Endo? I would say to the women that are going through it in regional Vic or regional uh, towns in general, you just have to keep fighting for it. If you don't get what you want the first time around, just go again because honestly, you have to be really, really upfront with them and um, they're obviously trying to help, but you have to really stick to your guns. And if and if it's not getting fixed, you need to just keep going back until you get what you want. If you're not happy with the first opinion, then go and get a second. Keep on searching until Absolutely. you get those answers because you need to be the advocate for your own body. You don't deserve to be going through the pain. Yeah, absolutely. You have to be assertive and you have to ultimately, you know, your body best. They can tell you what, you know, that what they think is wrong, but ultimately, you know, your body best and just keep fighting. And it can be a lonely illness because a lot of people don't want to talk about it, but reach out in communities online if you can. It's a great thing with social media, that there are so many ways that you can connect with others who are going through a crappy time. And if you're able to, you know, chat to others in the community who might be going through it too. So then you can lean on that extra support. Absolutely. And regional sisters, yeah, we all have to, everyone obviously has to stick together, but mm. regional sisters, I, we, ha- we have to as well. And yeah, my DMs are always open. And if you need to go and get yourself some tra- spa treatments in yeah. Dalesford, give it, give it a plug. It's your own business. Go for it. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's called Indota Spa Dalesford. And we are a day spa and we love treating endo girls. We love treating anyone in general. Um, yeah, come on down and say hi. Fantastic. And I'm going to go and pitch to my bosses right now that we need to have a little endo timeout area. I think that that just needs to be a stock stead, you know, a standard <laughs> thing in workplaces. It's a great idea, Molly. Thank you so much, Ali. Molly Driscoll, Endo Warrior, representing regional Victoria. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really do appreciate your time. You are a champion and being a voice for those in those communities. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ali, for your time. I really appreciate it. Massive thank you to Molly for being so open and honest and sharing her story about living with Endo in regional Victoria. If you'd like to share your story, we'd love to hear from you. So make sure you get in contact with us via the Endometriosis Australia website. That is also the place that you can find out all the facts and information when it comes to one in nine battling this debilitating disease. The website is endometriosisaustralia.org. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast called Living with Endo, the A to Z of endometriosis. And if you have loved it, make sure you let the other endo warriors in your life Know that this exists. We are all about creating awareness for endometriosis. And you can also leave it a review. Give it five stars because that helps us spread the word as well. Looking forward to chatting to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.